how do I define myself as a quote, good mom, like we were saying, regardless of the struggles and the outcomes and the results and the metrics of my children while giving it everything I've got, but not being codependent and not being controlling. But that's the sweet spot that I'm working on helping parents to stand in. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most confident version of themselves. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people. Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It's your girls, the dynamic duo, Jill and Mary here. And we have a really exciting guest to bring to your presence today. But before we introduce her and get into it, I got to check in on Mary because she's a little under the weather today. Mayor, how you doing, girl? You know, I'm just feeling like those Arizona dust storms. It's blown in. <laughs> Hopefully it blows out, but it leaves a little bit of damage along the way. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I will survive. We will rebuild. But I think how I'm feeling is just the aftermath of all the cool things we've been doing. So realistically, I can't complain about my under the weatherness. And, you know, for any concerned listeners, we're we're not in the same room. We're in separate spaces today. <laughs> I'm I'm sick by myself, which makes me really want my mom. <laughs> I know. That is very true. I was feeling a little icky after Mary and I came home from our weekend. We went up to Northern Arizona to speak to a group of moms and I was feeling a little under the weather on Sunday and I was craving ramen noodles. So of course we order it and then Uber Eats cancels it. (laughs) I looked at my husband and I'm like, well, I'm going to go to the store and get just like the bagged ramen. I haven't bought that in probably 14, 15 years, but I told Mary it's 35 cents now. It's like (laughs) inflation. It's a real thing. And it's even impacting ramen noodles. Who knew? Impacting ramen noodles. (laughs) What a time. What a time to be alive. I know. So let's introduce our guest who we have the absolute esteemed privilege to talk to today. She works for Not My Kid. And if you followed our journey long enough, you know how important and integral Not My Kid is to our overall story as an organization. We launched Girls Mentorship in August of 2020. And September of that same year, we got a little connection with their CEO, Kristen Polin, and she has just been one of our ride or die super fans. We have supported Not My Kid in that time as well. It's just been an incredible, fruitful relationship for us. And there's just these God callings, and it feels like 
both Kristen and Not My Kid were put into our life for a huge reason because they've helped us through workshops. They supported our summer camps. They're just the wind beneath our wings a lot of the time. And through that, we've gotten to be very chummy with a lot of their staff who are also just doing incredible things for families, for kids, all in the name of prevention, intervention, and education in terms of what our youth is dealing with. Mental health-wise, they just really expanded their programming this year to include a whole wing of mental health that really shined through the pandemics as something they needed to add to their repertoire, and they have put the pedal to the metal. And one of the people that they have brought in to help facilitate that is the Family Programs Manager, Vanessa Baker, and she has just been a light, honey. So Vanessa... Welcome to the show. What's the lesson? How are you? Thank you. I'm great. I'm so happy to be with you. The minute I met you guys, you both were wearing pink shorts. I remember. (laughs) I'll never forget. I'm like, who are these pink shorts girls? Where are my pink shorts? (laughs) I want to be in their club. You know, a few things that you already said, like I feel like Kristen is such a godsend into my life and my ability to bring my skill set and experience and passion and love and sensitivity to this organization, not my kid, has been life-saving. I know I've made a difference here. It's like so mutual, you know? And and so I really got that about Kristen. She's so special. This place is so special. I just said that to one of my team members. I'm like, all we're selling is love. (laughs) And we're not necessarily charging. Everything's grant funded. Your love dealers, your love and your hope dealers. And you really are for the families that find your services. And we obviously have a lot of mutual connections being in this work, but I grew up with, well, not grew up. I mean, I met her when I first moved to the Valley in 2009, I'd say. And we have been fast friends ever since. And she went into like foster care work and DCS, CPS type of case management. And she has recently been involving herself in the Not My Kid campus to fund insurance work and whatnot. And just listening to her perspective on what Not My Kid is doing is incredible because it's like, y'all are doing things that no one else in the Valley or probably the state or probably the country are doing in order to help these families get what they need in their time of need. That was like a really good segue. So I'm not going to miss it. Okay. So if you think about the landscape of parenting classes, it's always for like young moms, you know, right. All the parenting classes are for like, if you have a baby and maybe a little bit older, and then when you do get one that does fit within you know, your stage of life and family, it's always like tips and tricks and strategies and methods and whatnot. And it's like (laughs) another book. Do we cuss on this podcast? We can. Yeah. Okay. I won't try to, you, but sometimes it, I, I want to say. Hey, good up. question. You're okay. you're around the you're around the pink shorts crew, and we, we definitely <laughs> drop some f bombs here and there. Yeah. Sometimes there's just no other word, so that's the only reason I use it. So anyway, it's just a bunch of BS, you know. A lot of the times, because and then people, parents, are left oftentimes feeling like they're inadequate some way somehow because all these like strategies to manage people which isn't a thing, are are not working. And they're missing the relationship aspect of the parent-child relationship. And so that's what I got to invent. And that's what I've been working on before I worked at Not My Kid and got to kind of like reflavor a little bit and bring to Not My Kid, which is how do we as parents get ourselves out of the way and maybe realize that we're at least half 
of the quote problem that's going on in the family. And we can't get there unless we're doing it with soft eyes. I always say we're taking a hard look at ourselves as parents, but with really soft eyes. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's beautiful. And that's how we like to start our show. So I'm assuming those are two things that you want to talk about that you want our audience to walk away knowing. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Like we as parents need to give ourselves so much mercy. I've thought so much about and and talked to hundreds of parents about why we don't. And so Mm -hmm. we can get into that because that will resonate with people. You don't even realize how hard you're being on yourself. You just think that's the state of being a parent. You know, everyone's thinking about, am I a good mom? Am I a bad mom? What if that's not a thing? I, I ask people often to identify like, what does it mean to be a good mom? And what they say is what they're doing, mm-hmm. but they still feel like a bad mom. Right. Oh, I resonate with that deeply because I think I probably ask myself that every single day. And I know I'm a good mom, but there are moments when I'm not acting, quote unquote, to the best of my ability. And I get really down on myself. And I have to remember that I too am a human being. I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes in front of my children that aren't going to make me proud. And I'm so grateful that this work that I've been immersed in, this personal growth and development work over the last 10, 15 years has helped me remove the blinders off of my eyes to notice when I am not being my best self. And then I can take responsibility. I can, I love that you said the word mercy. Like I can actually look at myself with soft eyes, then clean it up with my kids. But I can't imagine not having the tools. I got it a lot sooner in my motherhood journey, like pre-becoming a mom. But I can't imagine, and I think that was why I love having this be a part of today's conversation is because not a lot of people know that parents need coaches too. Parents need support. And if they don't know what they don't know, they're going to live a life of guilt and shame and and what have you. And it's having someone like you, Vanessa, to to create space and to love on parents, to let them know that they are enough and they're doing okay is is incredible. And I'm really excited to dive a little bit more into what that looks like because we were hosting events simultaneously a few weeks ago at the Not My Kid campus and I ran into one of the parents in the bathroom and I asked her how it was going and she said, God, I just wish I could put that girl in my pocket and take her home. (laughs) So the difference that you're making is immeasurable in terms of the tools you're giving parents in order to feel like they're doing it not only right, but they're doing it in a way that suits them and their family to where they don't have to second guess themselves, regardless of what they've been through. Because it's not like, yes, do people seek out therapy and coaching and counseling when things are going well to make sure that they maintain going well? Yes. And it's a very small percentage. Do people seek out services when it feels like a dumpster fire more rather? Yes. And I'm sure that's when you feel like you get a lot of these families. So what does a typical session or workshop with you in terms of helping these families out look like? First of all, I'm stuck on that. She referred to me as a girl. I love that because I'm 45. You know, she just wanted to 
you are you are cute and you know tiny and, and she just wanted to put you right in her pocket I love that well and you know what and she's a mom age is just a number and you your energy and presence I'm sure she's like what no way she's 45 yeah I'm very <laughs> immature that's part of my gig so it really <laughs> helps to not be self-important and I joke you know in the sessions how I'm the least professional person they're ever going to stumble upon how I'm far from an expert at the same time as telling them that I've raised and am raising five teenagers. You know, I had five kids in five years and I'm like in the trenches and I've been through a lot and I've been, I don't know if I've been through everything, but like I'm close to that. And, you know, five kids, five personalities, a divorce coming out when I was 38, which caused the divorce, every kind of kid, every type of diagnosis, (laughs) like you name it, including my own. I struggle with depression and anxiety. And I share that openly. I've got kids, one kid who just walks the line in life. He's 20. So I guess he's not a teenager anymore. He's at ASU. He's a sophomore. He's been just like Mr. Like Captain America, you know, since the day he was born, just like you know, takes 21 credits a semester, gets perfect grades, works really hard, doesn't doesn't have any addictions to any substances, like what? So handsome, the whole thing. And then I've got <laughs> other kids who are especially another one who's who's dealing with life like minute by minute. And it's a real huge struggle. And their life does not look like, how can I say this? Like if you saw them, you might say, where is their mother? Oh my God, what did they do? Right. And it's like, (laughs) these kids are 18 months apart. So what I decided and what I had to decide for my own sanity early on is like, if I'm taking credit for number one, I have to take credit in quotes for number two. And maybe these are just their own people. And maybe they're just going to turn out how they're going to turn out, which sounds a little bit passive and like, I'm not really into it or I don't care. But where I'm at is how do I define myself as a quote, good mom, like we were saying, regardless of the struggles and the outcomes and the results and the metrics of my children while giving it everything I've got, but not being codependent and not being controlling. But that's the sweet spot that I'm working on helping parents to stand in. I love that. And what immediately came to mind was a conversation that I had on Saturday with a mom where I was listening to her and she was telling me her, well, her son is a sophomore and her daughter's a junior. And she's already thinking about what is it going to feel like when they leave the nest because she's been a stay at home mom her whole life. And am I going to know who I am? And am I going to like my husband? I don't know, but she's really kept them safe. Like she has curated everything for them their whole life. And we were talking about failure and she's like, I don't like watching my kids fail. Like I know I'm a snowplow helicopter mom to boo. And I don't know if they would be good failing. And because I basically like have them in a very safe box. So we had this beautiful conversation around like letting the grip go a little bit and what happens if you actually allow them to fail in the comfort of your own home because you still have them. What happens when they go off and they live on their own and they don't have you anymore? So it was really cool because what I noticed was, man, 
you're taking on a lot of their their life's ups and downs and ebbs and flows. And it's like failure is part of life. And we can't keep our kids in a bubble because A, they could totally be resentful. Thank goodness her children weren't yet. But we we generated a really cool conversation and that made me look at her and be like, man, you're such a great mom. You love these kids so much. And are we hindering them or are we helping them in identifying who they are in life? Right. Like how do you work on being a great mom and getting out of your own way? Yes. Right. Because we don't know what we don't know. And I want to take it back to your comment on, oh my God, where's, where are those kids' moms? (laughs) Right. Careful with the judgment. I I know we are taught to not judge. We're taught to not compare, but dang, it is human nature to do so. And for bad kids out in the world, they shoot something up or whatever. It's like, where are their parents? Where are their parents? Right. And I just I want to say to that, just be careful because you're one step away from that being a problem that you have to deal with in your family because not my kid is in the heart of Paradise Valley, y'all. And if you know Paradise Valley, it is one of the richest zip codes in the United States. And the founders of Not My Kid founded it because their kid was involved in something that he shouldn't have been involved in. And they suffered dire consequences because of it. And they would think with their prestige and who they were in the community, that it wouldn't be their kid. We all say that. Not my kid. The three words that every parent says when it's probably their kid, right? Because they think that it's either A, not their kid being the bully or not their kid doing the drugs and not their kid going to the parties, not their kid. Why would it ever be little Johnny, right? Mm -hmm. And it's such a misconception because I don't know if any of us can remember what it felt like to be a kid or a teenager and to push back against authority and to toe the line and to want to do things that were a little risque. We all did it. We all put our hand on the hot stove over and over and over again in different situations to see what the feedback was or how far we could push it. And I don't understand sometimes when we put that parent hat on and think that our kids aren't capable of the same things that we were capable of. Right. And then speaking of judgment, then we go into, you know, we talk about this in my course, Project Connect. We go into our sympathetic nervous system. We're in fight or flight. We're reactive. We're judging to protect Mm -hmm. them and we're judging our kids. And so I work with a lot of teenagers one-on-one because I am also a peer support specialist, you know, and before this, I had a coaching business and I talked to so many different kids and families and then I have my own kids and then their friends. So like the feedback I'm getting from kids is that this is going to sound really sad. They really don't feel like their parents are a safe space. And their parents are like, I don't give a you know what about if my kids feel like this is a safe space or not. I'm protecting them. Like, do you see the irony? Right. That was literally my conversation with this mom on Saturday. I was like, oh, oh, no, please let go of the grip. Please just a little bit. Right. Let us be human so we can live and come back and check in and and reset and reflect and all of that. So a a great deal of the time that we spend in the three hour workshop is really talking about what is a safe space. And I am like, Mm. as you are masterful in creating a safe space with strangers, like within minutes. So we go along for a good hour and then we start talking about what is a safe space and reflecting on, hey, parents, 
why are you guys all opening up to each other about the craziest stuff that anybody's ever heard with what's going on in their families with this stranger over here and with me, who am I? You've never been here, right? And so we reflect on what had that be so. And then we take that the next step further and say, how can we create that in our homes where our kids can come to us with anything and know that we're going to teach them how to have self-compassion instead of just, you know, take their phone away. Like that's going to solve every problem that ever was. <laughs> and that, that <laughs> is so misaligned, right? Because we only know what we know. We've said that three times now. We're doing what we were taught to do from our parents. I think yeah. Jill has heard me say this a million times. I'm not sure if she's sick of it yet. She'll let me know after. But never. We the example is a mom is cooking meatloaf and she cuts off the ends of the meatloaf. And the husband's right. like, honey, why did you do that? And she's like, I don't know. My mom did it. So they call mom. Mom, why did you cut the ends of the meatloaf off? I don't know. My mom did it. So then they call great grandma and she's like, well, my my oven was too small to fit the entire thing. So we're <laughs> right. just we're doing things yeah. based on what we know how to do. So we're not asking necessarily the question of does the consequence fit the action? So did they stay out too late for curfew? And then I'm going to take the phone away because the consequence in that scenario does not match what the child did in order to quote unquote right. be wrong. So it, it is it is funny that we're just. I yeah, know, I have to I, laugh, too, because I'm I, I didn't even get a phone until I was away at college. <laughs> <laughs> So what were they going to even do? But I really totally. love that you brought up the the generational thing. The so, meatloaf. Yeah, I love it. Mom. I love it. And I love meatloaf, too. Thanks. <laughs> My mom makes a really good meatloaf. It wasn't about connection. My parents didn't focus on their relationship slash connection with me. God bless them. It was just not the deal. It's just like, are you in line? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Great. See you at dinner or whatever, you know, and so our kids have gotten so much smarter. I'm sure there's, you know, data to support this. I don't know where it is, but I think there's never been a greater gap in reality than our, my generation, you know, born you guys, 70s, 80s, and then these 2000s kids. There's never been a bigger gap in like what it is to be a human because of social media and the Internet and all of that. And I'm not ragging on those things. They've made our life so wonderful, too. But Kids are smarter now. They're more savvy. They're so much more educated on mental health and on having a voice. They have so many models out there to show it. So if we're going to still do this my way or the highway, because I said so thing, I mean, if if it's about customer service, like, you know, <laughs> if there are yeah. in there, we're sucking, we're getting bad reviews and there's no <laughs> back and forth. So mm. Project Connect is about, honestly, this was so funny. I'll just say it first. It's about connecting with ourselves. It's a it's an us thing. So much of what we're beating our heads against is ourselves. And it looks like an easy target to blame our teenager because you know how teenagers are. Right. So this super nerdy guy came in is like just like engineer, like epitome of a geek, like Bill Gates looking guy came into my class last Saturday when I saw you guys there. Yeah. And it was like five or six minutes in and he's got a teenage son and a teenage daughter. And he goes, oh, I get it. This is like Cesar Milan. This is like the dog. With <laughs> not the dog. It's the person. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Thanks. Like, You're like, I'm using you go, that. Shh, shh. <laughs> Brilliant. No, it was 
brilliant. Like he broke it open. I mean, like that is awesome. all the thing is, is about opening up that conversation and reducing shame and being able to look, like I said, in the mirror, but not like a target mirror with fluorescent lights, like a Victoria's <laughs> Secret mirror, you know, where we're generally right. like right. having compassion for ourselves because trauma is real and we're parenting from our trauma. And we is we can see that, you know, next best step is actually healing from our trauma. But just to see what's driving us, it's so powerful. It's in the way of the connection between us and our kids. I would love to know, like, what breakthroughs have come from having conversations with parents, basically holding up a mirror to them saying, hey, you got to you got to love on you first release the shame, the guilt, the expectations. Like, has there been like a moment or a person in your mind that you're like, that was the coolest breakthrough and and I got to witness it. (laughs) I got to witness it with my own, with my own two eyes. Yeah. One comes to mind and I do share it in the course. It usually comes up where there was this mom, you know, Arcadia mom, for those of you who live around here, it's like equal or worse in some ways than the PV crowd. And she said, I was coaching her whole family. This is before I worked at Not My Kid. And she was like, she needs to do this. She needs to do that. You need to talk about this to her. You need to talk about that to her. And she's like, she needs more extracurricular. She needs this. She needs that. And like pushing, pushing. And she was using me, but basically weaponizing me to like get more of her points across. And I was someone new. Right. And I don't do that. I don't, I don't play with that. That's not my role. But so, so then I'm talking to the mom and the dad and the daughter were all sitting together after I got really got to know the daughter for a while. And she kept going. I said, man, I think she's killing it. She's in club soccer. She's got straight A's, you know, she's just like really doing great. But her mom just like, couldn't get off this thing about more, 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 get involved. And And I said, so for the last, you know, millions of times, she said, she just needs to do more extracurriculars. And I said, Deb, I think you need an extracurricular and her <laughs> mom or her, the kid and the, the husband were like, oh, nobody talks to her like that. Oh my oh. God. Oh my God. And then yeah. she instantly started crying and oh. said, you're right. I've really been wanting to take up pickleball. And you know, like it was so true that her life had become her kid, one kid to so high of a degree that she'd been neglecting herself. And using her daughter's deficits, perceived deficits as a reason, something to focus on when it was really a her thing. Wow. Well, I was just going to say her perceived deficits. I love, I'm like extracting that because that, how many of us see that at parents at like, we're looking at our kids and we're, you know, measuring them up all the time. And if they're not this, then they're bad. If they're awesome, then it's like, I want you to be more awesome. And yeah, wow. I bet that was such a moment for her too, to be like, wow, I I wonder what that dynamic looked like with her and her family after that. I don't know. I don't know. But I know that the daughter got off the hook. And, you know, like imagine that daughter-mother relationship where the daughter, I mean, you guys know how smart these like kids are. Oh. They're, they're so much smarter than us. They know, they smell it. They sniff out our inauthenticity. They do. From a million miles away. Oh, it's and, hard. And it, it's amazing. Yeah. It's so awesome. So like, I like to take the position that what if our kids are right? 
You know, if they say we're full of crap, if all we care about is the D-D-D-D-D and not who they are, like, what if we try that on and really look at that in an honest way? And, oh, gosh, we could go on this one for like five podcast episodes. But one of the things that we bring up in Project Connected always comes up is what's the toll of us as parents being pulled by pleasing and getting approval of our parents slash one in connection with our parents while trying to parent our kids. So we're a kid and we're a parent. You following me? And we're trying to either gain the approval of or not get the disapproval of our parent who's so far removed from reality and what's going on. Mm -hmm. Right. But we want them to be happy. And then we want to actually serve and be of service to this child who needs us so badly, who's so different than we were as kids. <laughs> yeah, that's messy. Right. And that's why we're such jerks to our kids sometimes is because what if our parent knew what they were, quote, getting away with? Well, when maybe right. that's the right thing to do is to not die on every hill that our parents died on, right? Oh, amen. And I say that all the time. It's like we have parents who are so used to suffering that it's almost innate in them to like show up in their trauma. Yes, but in their discomfort and in their I am this way because of this and I'm not changing. It's a badge of honor. It is. And it's the the absolute epitome of you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I hate that saying because you can. I do too. You can Mm -hmm. teach an old dog new tricks, but that dog needs to want to learn those new tricks. And a lot of the times our parents and our grandparents what they they did, they lived through this time where they worked in corporate and it was the nine to five and they brought the bacon home and they worked at the same place for 50 years, but the place that they worked wasn't in alignment. They didn't even know what that word meant with their home life. And now kids (laughs) these days want purpose in everything that they're doing. They want to be respected. They want their work life to mesh really well with their home life. And for some reason, the boomer generation and the gen what X generation have an issue with that because they think, in my opinion, that since they suffered and since they went through generational trauma and since they didn't have outlets, that we should suffer as well. But Mm -hmm. literally the amount of information that we get in one day, one day through our Mm -hmm. cell phones and internet and connections and talking to people, the amount of information we get in one day is more than somebody who lived in their prime in 1940 got in their entire life. Right. And I might be flubbing the dates on that, but you get what I mean, right? right. We know more now. So the fact that we know more, we should be able to do more. We right. should be able to do better. We're so mm-hmm. much more sophisticated and our kids are so much more sophisticated about their inner lives that for us to just march them around like little you know, puppets and make them jump through all the hoops. Exactly. It's literally a no-go. And there was something that you said at the very beginning, Jill, it's like, we can apologize and do better and be our best selves. And I'd like to just put this out there. That is still no promise, no guarantee, no recipe, no formula that our kids choose the quote, right path. And that literally cannot be something that we blame ourselves for us blaming ourselves. I'm big on personal responsibility. So don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted at all that I'm like, not my problem, not my life. You're, mm-hmm. you're 10, work it out. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but like, I can take full personal responsibility for my side of the street 
and also get that people have choice. And the more I control someone or prevent them from failing, by the way, that's also majorly controlling, right? Mm -hmm. Then the, I don't know how I started that sentence, (laughs) just the more screwed we get, you know, toward the end when we're not being honest. And one of the other conversations that always comes up just organically is codependence. It's always something that's talked about in the realms of addiction and abuse and things like that. But I'm like parenting times codependence is a very useful conversation. And you said it earlier and someone said like the roller coaster or did I just think it? It's like probably made some hand gestures. Yeah, (laughs) we we get on the roller coaster ride of our kids lives when we need to get off and stand below and wait for them to get off and wave and be there and don't go anywhere, Mm. but like to ride it with them. And then I thought the other day because I had a very special parenting week a couple weeks ago with one of my kids. It was really, really hard. And I'm like, this is more like I'm hanging on to the back of their bumper on their old pickup truck on the rockiest dirt road ever. Mm. And if I would just let go, I could save myself actually. Yeah. And And be better for your kids. Yes. And that's what a good mom should be defined as someone who cares about their own health more than they care about the outcomes and the optics of their kids' lives. The expectations that they set, that they set. And I I love how poignant that is because we forget that we only have them for 18 years. And that is a very short amount of time when you look at the rest of their life. So as opposed to thinking of them as like your carbon copy, they are me and I want to do things through them that maybe I didn't get a chance to do or I want to set them up. I want her to play pickleball instead of soccer, right? It's your expectations. Mm -hmm. Instead, how do we switch that to think, how am I setting them up for the next three-fourths of their life? Because I know how. I know the answer. I'm not saying I'm doing it perfectly or anything, but I, I go to therapy every Saturday. Like I'm, I'm really talking, walking the talk here. It's about getting our own self right and letting the ripple effect of healing go throughout our family. A dysregulated parent in the moment or like in life, in life. Yeah. Like the macro version of dysregulated can never help a dysregulated child. We have not a shot mm. at it unless we're handling our own garbage. And our garbage is something that we don't even have time or energy to look at. And then another point of irony, that's the exact thing that's going to get us the very biggest bang for our buck in effort and energy. It's way more effective than nagging. Since when has that ever worked? It's more effective than lecturing. (laughs) It's more effective than putting our kids in a thousand programs and driving them 10,000 miles. Like we don't have to outsource all these great things for our kids. We're who they need if we could Mm -hmm. just figure out how to believe that. Right. Well, and that was going to be kind of my follow-up to what you just shared. Like, where do parents start? If parents are like, man, it sounds like these ladies are talking about me. I think I need to wake up. What's the best advice that you give parents on this journey of seeking self so that they can start becoming more self-aware, that they can start healing so that the ripple effect is great in their their home life and then their community and and so on and so forth. Where do you where do you guide or recommend people to start? Well, everyone's going to hate this answer, but it's like a, all a self-love. It's all that self-love crap. You guys it's know. that 
woo-woo stuff. <laughs> it's self-love. It's the positive affirmation. I'm big on it. I know uh, it sounds corny, but yeah. we preach. We it's, preach it as well. But it's you changed my even, life. You can't has, even get there, though. Sorry, go ahead. No, I. it literally, it's a concept. It's a practice. It's something that's absolutely 1000% without a shadow of a doubt changed my entire life. Right, right. And it's kind of hard though, like, okay, so just use the visual of like saying an affirmation in the mirror, you know, it's like, but if you have the masking tape or duct tape, what do the bad guys use on mouths? Yeah, duct like, tape. The duct tape of, <laughs> of trauma and, you know, shame and guilt and codependence and all of that, like over your mouth, like, I think being, this is going to sound really funny, but I already heard it, but I'm saying it anyway, being around a person like me in a space that I create, not because I got it all together. It's exactly because I don't have it together that I have powerful interactions with people who are parents who are struggling because I'm telling you, we talk about confidentiality when we start the class, you know, as, as a group. And I'm like, no, that really counts for me. I'm going to share some really real, real stuff that I've gone through that my kids have gone through and how I didn't handle it well. And then how I eventually may have and how I never did. And it's opening up the real conversations that gives way to feeling like I'm not alone. So there's that. If you come to my class, I will always talk about my therapist and he still has some openings. I don't know how, but <laughs> like, I will literally connect you with my therapist. So therapy is like, get over that. Oh, I tried that or they weren't good. And I don't want to start over. I don't care. It's like going to care for yourself in that mm-hmm. way so that you have like the breath in your lungs to be able to do the self-love yeah. stuff, you know, but right. we have totally. to put ourselves higher up and stop being goddamn martyrs. I'm, I'm writing it all down. I'm doing it. Well, and the one thing that I want to add on therapy is Mary said it earlier, it, it doesn't have to be a dumpster fire in order for you to go get filled up. It's like every car needs an oil change, regardless if you need new tires or a new whatever. It, it's that monthly maintenance. And I'm telling you, my husband and I go to couples therapy and she she like coaches both of us and then us together. It's soul filling. And Mary even knows. She's like, have you been to therapy when I haven't? <laughs> well, like, I need to go. It's I like know. the judginess starts to come back out. Like the we we start to see ourselves in a different light. And it's like the short tempered snippet little comments. Right. It's like, hey, are you up keeping your car or not? Nah? No. Right? Okay. Oh, well. Subtle. It's yeah. subtle, like it working is subtle and then not working it. And, you know, it's it's very subtle, but the trajectory, it's like that one degree ship deal, you know, like you change the ship's uh, the direction by one degree and you end up hundreds of miles from where you want to be. I want to say this crazy thing before we end. A mom came because we're like affiliated with so many school districts. And so we're in all these newsletters with my program and stuff. She has a one-year-old and a six-year-old and she was like, Oh, everyone has teens. And I'm like, watch. Everybody's in the same boat. You watch. She got so much out of it. And they did from her sharing. She did from theirs. It's about creating this safe space in this community. It's like, I don't have anything to share. That's like, oh, I never thought of that before, (laughs) Vanessa. Like, it's never that. It's just bringing up these things that are so 
common sense, but we've gotten so bogged down mm-hmm. and it's time to like bring out, we all have our own answers. So that's why there are no experts in the room needed, you know? I think of, you know, mom groups that I've been a part of and you go and you're like tired because your kid can't sleep and you're hearing then like this star infant who slept eight hours or all night. And then you're like, well, I don't want to share anymore because it sounds like Johnny's just, you know, killing it with his 12 hours of sleep and the mom brushed her hair and she looks so together. And what I love about this space you're creating, it's like all is welcome. And there's no judgment. There's no comparison. It's like, we want to meet you exactly where you're at. And we want to talk about the real shit because we want you to feel better. We want you to feel better in order to go and be better. That's what we need. And we need that real, honest, no one has it together mentality or expertise to come into that room. I love that. It's so powerful. It's not to be underestimated. It's reminding yourself to have the mindset that not everything is as it seems. We can't compare. We're taking it back to that comparison and that judgment being something that we need to stay as far away from as possible because we end up creating these stories about Johnny and why he slept 15 hours and why mom looks so good, but we don't realize that she's got her own dumpster fire happening. Mm -hmm. And that's why she's sitting in the seat next to you in one of these groups. So it's like, there's no perfect people. It's a progress. Like we have to continue to remind ourselves that we're making progress on this journey and that we're never going to reach Mecca. We're never going to reach a place where everything is done and tied up in a pretty little bow. Like (laughs) it's an everyday work. Well, while your kids are one and six, while your kids are 18 and 26, like then you get to turn the mirror back on yourself. Like every single day is a constant refinement of who you are and what you're doing and how you're showing up to be the best version of yourself as a parent and as an individual, as a spouse, like all of it needs constant, consistent work and practice. Right. Right. Well put. Yay! Well, Vanessa, <laughs> as we suspected you would be, you are a wealth of information and we're so lucky oh, to good. get to see you in your element and to come alongside you and cheer you on and support w- the work you're doing because we know how much it supports the work we're doing. We're in different cars driving down different lanes, but we're like honking and honk cheering exactly. out of our window at one another. So it just thank you for your expertise. Thank you for your time and your knowledge because we know turning this episode around to our community shines a light on some areas that they might feel like they're in the dark in. And we'll make sure to put all Not My Kids information in our show notes, your program information in our show notes so people can find and utilize the things that you're giving out. Because like you said, you're giving away things for free. Not Mm -hmm. My Kid is a nonprofit. So a lot of the work they do, most of the work, all of the work is funded by grants of some sort. So if you need help, They are there to welcome you with open, open, open arms. And it is such an incredible, soft place to land. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I really love you guys. I wish we could do this every day. Thank you. It's so nice to be around you both. You're so special. And we really appreciate and I really appreciate what you're doing with girls. (laughs) Well, on that note, we're turning this sucker off before it turns into a tear fest. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you on the next episode of What's the Lesson? We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. 
If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com slash WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways. One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review. And three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas, we ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship. (laughs) 